one quick shout out before we start. Herds Media, our sponsor for the production of the one and only podcast, as well as the team behind the fantastic live stream systems that we have at our expo events. If you need anything, photography, videography, media, anything in that department, Alistair and his team at Herds Media are the ones to check out. You'll find them on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back to the one and only podcast. This week we bring you an extra Borderway Agri Expo special. Glyn chats to the main men making the decision at this year's show, sheep judge John Sinnott and main cattle judge Gwyn Edwards, as well as Jane Hutchison from Norbrook Laboratories, one of our invaluable mainline sponsors. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to a special Borderway Agri-Expo edition of the one and only. I'm Glenn Lucas and today we are joined by uh, three really uh, important guests who will play a pivotal role in this year's Agri-Expo. We're joined on the, one, on the one and only today by Jane Hutchinson from Norbrook. Uh, we've got the one and only Gwyn Edwards with us today. He will judge the commercial uh, cattle show and we've got the one and only... John Sinnott, who will judge our commercial sheep show. So uh, welcome, guys. It's great to have you with us today. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing your stories and getting to know you a bit more. Jane, we'll, um, we'll start with you. Norbrook um, have been mainline sponsors of Borderway Agri Expo since its inception uh, 16 years ago. That's amazing, 16 years ago. Um, and I, I really enjoy visiting the Norbrook stand. It's always been a, uh, a very attractive stand. I love seeing the products, the new products you have. Why do you guys attend Agri Expo and why should livestock farmers visit the Norbrook stand? Yes, well, it's, um, you're right. I was, um, yeah, with the 16 years. And in fact, it's, uh, it's my 15th year. And wow. it always, the, the event always ends with my, um, anniversary week of joining Norbrook so I apologize I missed the first year <laughs> um <laughs> and yes we you know we try and always have a very uh interactive stand and we love um to meet farmers face to face um but obviously one of the the great things about um Agri Expo is it's not just farmers that attend as you know we have um you know local suppliers um local vets all the breed societies. So it's a really good way to interact um, with everyone on and off the stand. And um, this year, like no other, if uh, farmers come and visit the stand, they'll have lots of um, help and advice on hand for sort of, you know, seasonal goings on with disease areas, parasiticide use. And, um, you know, what we really like to do is just sort of help with responsible use of medicines and and just a general up to date um, you know, scenario of, of what's what's going on and, and on everybody's farms and uh, if there's any way we can help them. So, yes, we do welcome everyone to come along. Excellent. Jean, what, what's your role at Norbrook? I know you've, you've had your 15th, uh, 15th anniversary coming up. What's, what's, your, what's your role? 
Well, as you can imagine, after 15 years, I do a bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess my official title is um, I'm sales manager for the national trade team and uh, regional sales manager for the northern vet team. Um, and I also sit on the GB leadership team. Excellent. For people who don't know about Norbrook, share with us a little bit about uh, how Norbrook was established, uh, who its founder was, and uh, where does Norbrook operate today on, on a global uh, scale? Yes, so a uh, very interesting history for uh, for those that uh, don't know and, and for those that remember. So we were founded in 1969, so 54 years ago now, by um, the now late Lord Bally Edmund, who at the time was um, Edward Hockey. Um, and this was all sort of started out in Northern Ireland. Um, and he set up this, you know, uh, what is now a huge business back then during troubled times um, in Newry, which is just sort of on the border of, of Northern Ireland and, and the Republic. Um, Edward Hockey uh, then essentially was uh, a chemist and a farmer, and he had a desire to provide cost-effective medicines uh, for for farmers in in Britain. Um, he went out to the USA and um, saw the vision out there, and came back, and that's you know when when you know Norbrook was was founded. Um, tragically, uh, he was was killed nine years ago in an accident um, with three of my other colleagues. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's taken a bit of a change, but um, we still are operating globally. Um, we export to about 120 different countries. Uh, wow. We're the leading antibiotic uh, company in the US of A. We're the number one, uh, number one company in East Africa. Um, we employ over 2,000 people and um, about, so about 30, um, six years ago, we got the first FDA approval to, to manufacture and provide product into the US. And at that point, we were the only company out with the US of A that was supplying in. So that still remains a big um, a big uh, part of our company. But obviously, um, the uh, the local localness of Ireland and and Britain um, has got some good stats. We just uh, heard recently that we think that every every cow in Ireland is treated with a Norbert product, <laughs> which is nice. So the the flagship countries are still definitely at the forefront, and um, you know now being still family owned and and run. Um, our chairman is uh, Liam Nagel, who is a, is an Irish. Um, President, and um, you know we're we're now just set to expand even further um, globally, and of course locally. That's a phenomenal story of uh, small small start, but uh, just a phenomenal. Uh, Incredible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really, really is. It's, it's so good to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Is there any uh, new product launches uh, that you're going to be announcing at Expo this year, or do you have any new uh, products that are going to be coming online soon, Jane? Yes, um, there are. I, obviously, some of these were sworn to secrecy on, so, uh, you know. We won't uh, tell anyone, can't honestly. Tell you, <laughs> can't tell you too much, but um, 
like us, you know, I'll be honest, like some other companies, we've we've had, you know, a few supply challenges. So we're actually uh, relaunching some products that we've managed to get back to the market. Um, so that's going to be quite exciting for farmers to know about. And products that we they they always ask us about is the ones that uh, we don't we don't uh, have at the time. So these are coming back, which is great. Um, and yes, we have uh, a new product portfolio definitely coming. And over the next few years, we're we're, we're planning about another three four product launches. So um, yeah, so it's good exciting times. Which again, it's we encourage people to come and chat to us so we can um, let them know what's what's happening. You must have a huge uh, research and development side to Norbrook, Jane, that uh, maybe we don't get to see. Yes, we do. Yes, and um, we've just recently um, gone through um, about the sort of five-year plan of 150 million capex spent um, on upgrading and expanding. We're building a new suite um, and we've, you know, as I say, upgraded everything. So we're in a really good position to expand. And um, yeah, you're more than welcome to come for a visit. Uh, finally, now after COVID, we are we are back open <laughs> to have um, to have visitors. I'd love that. Uh, Jane, antibiotic resistance is one of the major threats to uh, humanity. Livestock production systems, whether it's dairy, beef, sheep or or uh, Pork of all of all set ambitious targets to reduce antibiotic usage uh, year on year. How how does a pharmaceutical company like Norbrook deal with this changing landscape? Yeah, look, that's it's a really good question, and um, funnily enough, a question we're asked a lot. Um, we ask ourselves a question a lot, and and we do a lot about it. Um, you know, when you are one of you know one of or if not the leading company in providing injectable antibiotics um it's a concern you know as to wh where where it's going and um, we've already seen various products so some of your critically important antibiotics the cias <clears throat> um have been you know it introduced very much reduction if not a ban in in some use um we keep very close to the ground uh, you know, so we listen to peers, to key opinion leaders. Um, one of uh, our vets is the vice chair of, um, you know, a steering group led by NOAA. Um, so we're very much involved at the at the forefront as well of of knowing what's what's going going on. Um, and then you know we just have to be sort of quick to react. But when we uh, look at our portfolio. <clears throat> we actually have a wide range on what is now classed as a category D antibiotic, which, um, if you have to use an antibiotic, would be your sort of first line choice. Um, so we're lucky in that respect that you know we um, we still have uh, you know good products for farmers to choose that will obviously end in um, you know them getting a good good response if their if their animals. Um, have a disease that needs treated. We also do a lot of work with our all our account managers and and the whole technical team, um, working on doing responsible use of medicines meetings, uh, which you know in in guidelines for example for Red Tractor, the you know farmers have to attend. So we help and support on the ground with these meetings and such as attending Agri Expo, 
<clears throat> that's all you know part of being there and encouraging responsible use and and helping and guiding uh farmers with you know what what can they do these days and to reduce the use um but also remembering that you know if they need if an animal needs to be treated um that you know the right dose is given and um you know such as encouraging weighing and and stuff to, to prevent resistance too so um yeah, I could probably go on for quite a bit about, no, about what we do, but we're we're very conscious and we're very aware of it. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, try and promote uh, responsible use where we can. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Jane. So you're, um, thanks for sharing that a bit. I found that very interesting, just how Norbrook was, was started and how uh, you operate around the globe. Where can visitors find the Norbrook stand uh, this year at Expo? Yeah, well, exciting this year. We've moved a little oh, bit. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we are beside the sheep ring. Excellent. Um, cool. And I think our stand will hopefully be uh, very visible. So um, hopefully you can all come and see us. And, yeah, we welcome everybody, including yourselves, on the day. Thanks, Jane. Thank you very much. We look look forward to it. And I think it's going to be a, another phenomenal event. And that I think that leads nicely on. I think that leads nicely on to... Uh, our other guest, John Sinnott, who will be judging, he'll be the main guy in the sheep ring. Um, so you, you can watch him, Jane, uh, perform his mastery in the centre of the ring. Of I the will ring. be watching, yes. Yeah, John, <laughs> John how are you good doing? Morning. Very well, thank you. Yeah, good, good. John, you're now fully retired from uh, a busy life of, of um, breeding pedigree sheep and, and commercial sheep. Just tell us a little bit about... Um, your life before retirement and uh, where, where, where you, I actually called John Welsh this morning. Can you believe it? And, yeah, and he's still he's still speaking to me. <laughs> yes, indeed. But, but but you you farmed on the on the in the we, Hereford Welsh we were, border. We were on the Welsh Hereford Worcestershire border, really. And um, yeah, we had uh, several farms. We did a lot of sheep, commercial sheep and pedigree sheep. We had hops and and arable farms as well. So yeah, quite big and. Uh, quick uh, go back. Um, I left school. I was away at public school, didn't do much about farming, came back home and father had a bad car accident. So I was dropped in the deep end at 17. Get on with it. Yeah. And we had men and staff and I think we had 40 casual staff, 20 full-time staff, hops and everything else. And I was 17. So I grew up fairly quickly. I didn't go to unit. I didn't go to college or anything, which I was supposed to and just happened to go back out in the deep end. So grew up fairly quickly. So we had a lot of sheep, a lot of cattle. And we progressed over the years, got into pedigree stock. We were always in pedigree stock with Herefords those days. And then we went into um, pedigree sheep, uh, did quite well in sort of 70s, 80s, into 90s exceptionally well. The pedigree thing was going very well. And we fed a lot of commercial lambs. We'd up to 25,000 a year. Um, so fairly busy, really. Um, Married three sons and just worked very hard. Yeah. Then foot and mouth hit and everything changed. Changed the whole whole thing. Um, we let sheds for warehousing, um, ceased the commercial sheep really. Um, pedigree sheep were difficult to sell, so we went on commercial rams and breeding crossbred rams, probably the first people to do it. And about 2007 we sold a lot of pedigree females, we had a big sale at home, did quite well. And then we concentrated on the pedigree market, or the commercial market 
more than the pedigree market because that's where the, the business went. And I'm a great believer if the genes aren't in a breed, you should put it there. You know, it breeds societies hold things back in my view. There should be an A book so that you can actually add genes into, into the pedigree world. And as long as you know what it is, does it really matter? As long as it's a big improvement. And I think from a lot of points of view, things have, you know, haven't moved forward. Um, so it's quite nice when you come to judge something like this and you see sheep that have actually progressed quite well. Um, and that crossbeds, it probably ought to be sections for crossbeds really, uh, more than there are rather than the pedigrees. And um, going back to Norbra, I think if it hadn't been for them, our pedigree sheep wouldn't survive because it isn't just, <laughs> it isn't just dairy cattle that have injections. I think pretty much sheep live on it. <laughs> but, uh, that, that, that's another thing, um, you know. Because you push, 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 and you push everything to the extreme. And when you have pedigree sheep that are at, um, born in January and they're 100 kilos in July, and they're not competitive unless they're not 100 kilos, I think that's phenomenal. When I started, they were lucky to be 80 kilos. Yeah. And that's a huge improvement in one generation. Yeah. So I think the thing has moved on. Um, it's got a long way to go. A lot of sheep don't meet the, the, the spec on, on the slaughter spec. And one, one, one size doesn't fit all, does it? So, you know, although we're here this time of year, a lot of good lambs are being killed. They're not here at the show. Um, so, yeah. you know, there's question marks about all of it, really. But, you know, it'll be a great honor to judge it and give it a whirl. But I will do it a bit different probably to some, because I think I believe my eye, I've trimmed thousands over the years, so I'm not deceived by a bit of wool. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, I can just look at something and say that's the one I want. And I think first impression is probably the best one anyway. I was going to ask you, John, what inspired you to start crossbreeding sheep? But I suppose... Money. You, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and also, and also the, just the circumstances probably. Yeah, you were pushed into it and... and yeah. You know, the pedigree market, everything changed. I mean, it was going very well, and like everybody knows, it, it, it's a tax break for some, and it, it, it's an ego trip for others. And, and when, that, when that disappeared, it was very hard to get it back. back. And I don't think it's ever got back to what it was in the 90s. I think it was everything was flying, you know, um, on people's accounts, it looked well, and then you have to start again. It's a very job, difficult job to... And then, as we were saying this morning, the embryo thing has taken over, and. I'm not quite sure how that works at all. I still like my flock of ewes that were worth something. And when we packed up, they were worth a lot of money. And, you know, there was tax incentives to make you keep it. Now I don't know how these young lads, it's just they're working for a wage. And it's, it's like a lottery. Yeah. I don't think it works. And financially, it definitely doesn't work. And genetically, it doesn't work because everybody's got them the same. So I think it's the pedigree rails have gone down a funny track, really. But that's my opinion. And I'm old and I'm tired and just a glorified gardener now. <laughs> <laughs> John, what, what's your um, what's your proudest moments in in your farming career? My farming career. Oh, well, anything, what's your proudest moment? No matter what. Oh, th three sons. Yeah. Three sons that aren't farming and doing very well on their own. Yeah. So that's my proudest moment. But um, from the farming point of view, yeah, we we broke records and I think we did. Um, there was three royal shows: Highland, Welsh, and English in eighteen. Of those, in 18 of those shows, we won 15. Wow. wow. I think that's a fair achievement. We can scrub that out because it's not a royal show anymore, so <laughs> we can't be beat. <laughs> but we did quite well and people don't realise that. That's phenomenal. So we won, won lots of things because we had to. And yeah. we sold tubs for like 30 years ago for 75,000. A new lamb hasn't been beaten, that's 23,000. 
same year. And we won, we had tups three years in a row at 50,000 by different genetics. That's incredible. That so was by different genetics in three years in a row at 50 grand each. That was a long money. That was a lot of money then. And you could do lots of things with it, but um, I don't know where it went. Yeah. <laughs> well, you showed me, they showed me your house you live in, so probably I went to the house. <laughs> now, um, what's, what's the best show you've attended John, in, in your travels? or The Royal, the Royal Show was it, the biggest catastrophe for the pedigree world, is the Royal Show not being there. That was the pinnacle of everything, and everybody got to know one another, and the, the, the breed societies were all there, and it was fantastic. And you got to know everybody. I was lucky enough, I knew all the cattlemen because I was in it, and you did a lot of business, and people came up to London, and you actually did business at that show. I feel a lot of the other shows you don't actually do businesses, but you know there was a business day the first day there, and the banks and everybody else was there. It was fantastic when it was on a roll. We we, we, we sold lots and lots of stuff out there and very well, and all the good and the great and all the people who were really interested came up from London in their pinstripe suits and then with the helicopters, and you you could entertain them and you could take them out for lunch, and they they thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it was cheaper than Ascot, and and they had they they won more. You know. It was, the, as you said, the greatest catastrophe in, in livestock. Yeah. I, we spent the weekend there this weekend at the, at the old Royal Showgrounds for the All Britain uh, National Cab Shows. And uh, it's just, it just reminded me of what a, an amazing event and how much we have lost out by not having... Oh. Just through it, mismanagement, it, it, really. It could have been the centre of excellence for the whole thing. You needed just a livestock ring there and all the breed societies. They could, you know, you have a difficulty when you're having these in markets because of the health thing. But you could have had it on a showground and you could have had it sort of a health thing that you could buy and sell it and go everywhere in the world. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And, and it, it's a disaster. Such a shame. Such and, it, and, a shame. and there's no reason why not. It was just mismanaged. Mismanaged, yeah, yeah. And the last time we went there, they didn't even have prize cards for us. You can't believe you go to a show and they didn't even organise it well enough to give us prize cards on the day. The, the, I, I, it, it, it gradually, it quickly went, you know, the last two or three years of it was uh, embarrassing, really. Oh. Well, I, yeah, I would, anyway, say, we're, I would, we're say, it, I would say it's bowler hats and I'll never wear a bowler hat. No, <laughs> but we're criticising it. But at the time, it was the, it was the, in, the, in the Holstein world, it was the third largest Holstein oh. show in the world at the time. It was phenomenal, yeah. It was. And, and from, a, from a breeder's point of view, when you went there, you saw all the excellent cattle and all the other lines and all the stock, and it was, it, it was just a, a wonderful thing to be part of. Right. We forget that. It was the greatest show on earth. Yeah. John, what will you be looking for at Agri Expo this year in the ring? I just think it, it has to be long enough and a good top and a good commercial sheep, really. Uh, it has to be good on its legs because if it's not good on its legs, it's not good hung up. Like I, I just think it's the basics really, and um, fairly simple. I'm not complicated. It, it'll be, probably be a bit fast and furious for most, but that's the way I am. Yeah. If you either see it or you don't see it, I'm afraid. Do you have any pet peeves while you're judging? Is there things that you just really don't like, uh, or is there things that you do like that maybe get you bumped up a couple of spots? Um, <laughs> no, I, I just do like everything to be really good on its legs yeah. and, and a good top line. Uh, the, everybody's mad about back ends, but the butcher, he's not terribly worried about the back end. It's a problem to him. He wants a good long top and a, a good carcass, really. So it's more commercial than it is just a niche market. Yeah. But it's not easy to do. You judge what's in front of you. You can only do what's in front of you. 
Well, you sound as if you're well qualified for it. We look forward to... Uh, oh, it's a bit of bluff, really, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to watching you. Can I just interrupt the podcast to give a massive shout-out to our mainline sponsors of Borderway Agri-Expo, Cars Billington, Norbrook Laboratories and Morrison's Woodheads, who, without their invaluable support, the show would not happen. Thank you. Now back to the conversation. Gwen, uh, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very well, thanks. How's, uh, how's the uh, 2023 been on the farm? Been a good year for you? Um, it, it, yes and no. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest challenge we've got at the minute is the increased costs. You know, the, for us personally, it's the interest rate and, and the electric costs. That's, that's crippling, but stock-wise, it's been good. Yeah, that's great. Have you finished all your uh, all your field work for the for the season? Uh, no, we're still we we do some contracting as well, and we're on the contracting side of things now. So hopefully, the next couple of weeks we'll be we'll be done, ready for the expo. Excellent, Gwen. Gwen, you'll be assessing one of the largest uh, commercial cattle shows in the, in the UK in a couple of weeks' time. Um, what what are the traits you're going to be looking for, and uh, what do the breeders need to get to the top of your classes? Oh, good question. <laughs> I I think the majority of of exhibitors there will know me personally. We've been on the circuits for such a long time, and uh, basically, exactly what John said: you can only judge what's in front of you, and sometimes it's easier to judge the harder classes than than the smaller classes um, what, once you get into them real good classes that's the ones I'm really looking forward to is the cream of, of the crop yes what's 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 the biggest show you've uh, you've judged Gwen in your judging career um, I would probably say the great Yorkshire show yeah it's a phenomenal event isn't it yeah, it, it was just something that was really special for me personally and for the family, you know, to be acknowledged, to get the privilege of being asked to sort them out. And it, to me, that was probably one of the best. I, I've been fortunate in a way. I've, I judged in Ireland and in Scotland and mostly all over Wales. And it's just, yeah, it's a pinnacle. And I think the agri will be on top on top of the lot. The English Winter Fair was a very, very challenging experience, but uh, I, I think the Expo will be the cream of it. Yeah. So it's been interesting. You've, you've obviously, you've judged Scotland and Ireland, and what's uh, what's the most memorable show or your favourite show that you've visited uh, over the years? Not, not necessarily judged, but uh, that, you've, that you've visited, uh, Gwen? Uh, I, I think we'll have to turn the clock back to the Smithfield days when we used to take cattle to Smithfield. There was something unique about it. Um, it was the stockman's quarters and then it was just been part of a very, very big event. Yeah, yeah. T tell, us, tell us a little bit more about Smithfield because I, I never had the privilege of uh, going to Smithfield. Did you not? I'm only 18, so... <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Seriously, tell tell us a little bit about it because I've heard some wonderful stories, but I've I never got never had the chance to visit it. Like, yeah.
No, Smithfield was so unique in a way that we we were going to the middle of London where no other livestock probably was allowed to go into. And once you were in Earl's Court, all the cattle were stalled in the classes, not with exhibitor having four or five. They would be all stalled up in, in it, within the classes. And then all the stock boxes and the social side of it then was in the in the stockman's quarters in the room where only stockmen were allowed to go and the atmosphere in there was just electric. How did London ever survive? Yeah. I'm surprised you remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We it, didn't. You could ask the other question, how did we survive coming from London as well? <laughs> But Gwen, you have had some major um, show show successes uh, of your own over the years. I think you're the only person to have won the Welsh Winter Fair on three occasions. You've also won the English Winter Fair uh, as well, picking up the Grand Champion title there. What what are some of the with only a few weeks away now? What are some of the important pre-sale preparation uh, things that guys should be doing to really get their animal in in uh, tip-top condition? Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I think the job, the commercial job has gone very, very professional in the way the cattle are turned out. Um, the, there's a the very, very few cattle that aren't turned out to perfection these days. And I would say probably it's the feeding. Uh, majority of the preparation now would be in the feeding of them. Um, there's there's a lot of people who come into the job and they think it's easy, but to get the balance right of having the right feed to get them cattle at 12 o'clock on the day you want them just takes something quite extraordinary. And some of these boys are absolutely mustered at it. Yeah, no, they they do look they do look amazing, and not not the the feeding as well, and. And the haircuts they get now are just beautiful, like, yeah, 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 very, very good. Yeah. But do you know, I have to say one thing, Glenn, that we're very, very fortunate for people like Jane and the likes of Norbrook. And without the sponsorship we get of these companies, the majority of our shows and what we thrive on wouldn't be able to to put them on without the sponsorship and i think we need to thank them a lot more than they're getting thanked for for what they do for the industry no i to totally agree no i to totally agree gwen and, and that 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 doesn't just apply to agri but i think that applies to every event that um all of these uh, companies like norbrook that support i think that applies to, to them all really and it's nice nice of you to say that so, no, thanks for that, Gwyn, and I, we really look forward to having you uh, in the centre of the ring uh, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, and I, I really hope you uh, enjoy your day and get it right. Oh, I will definitely enjoy it. Whether I get it right, it'll be my opinion. There'll be so many other judges watching, and, you know, just like what John said earlier, you can only judge what's in front of you, and that's all we can do on the day. Thanks, Gwen. We've also uh, we're also joined the, this morning with uh, by Laura Miller, who is our Agri Expo events uh, organizer. Uh, Laura, are you looking forward to the twenty seventh of October? Cannot wait. 
I think maybe five o'clock on the 27th of October, I might be looking marginally more to. But yep, we are so ready for 2023. Tell us a little bit just about what else is going on. We've talked a little bit about the commercial beef show and the, and the, and the uh, prime lambs. What else? Just highlight some of the... Yeah, so there's so much to see at Agri-Expo. Um, gates open uh, 8 o'clock till 5 o'clock. Um, we have um, all rings starting um, at 8.30. We have, obviously, in our main arena, we have um, the baby beef um, competition, um, the main suckler commercials um, that Gwyn is covering. We have our commercial sheep show. And then we also have five pedigree calf shows, um, Aberdeen Angus, Beef Shorthorn, Hereford, British Blue and Simmental, which are extremely well supported this year. Um, there's a lot of work gone into them with the um, societies um, and ourselves um, and we are really chuffed with the entries that have come in with that. Um, on top of all the livestock, we have a phenomenal show of over 100 trade stands, indoors and outdoors, covering everything from machinery to pharmaceuticals to um, business advice from accountants, consultants, um, new technologies, everything that you could possibly possibly need. Um, we also have um, two seminars going on during the day, um, led by our sister company, H&H um, &H Land and Estates. Um, two extremely in interesting topics, um, one on breed societies um, and one relating to carbon, I think. Is that right? I'm just trying to remember what well, the second one is. Well, everybody wants to talk about carbon, don't they? <laughs> it's bound to be carbon. <laughs> Um, and then um, we also have our gift ring as well um, for all those um, Christmases coming. Um, we have two, uh, ring two and three will be brimming full of um, crafts and um, ideas um, for the home and gifts. Um, and on top of that, we've got lots of different awards. We've got Stockman of the Year, Young Stockman of the Year, sponsored by David Allen, um, NEMSA and the Charlie Society, um, getting the next generation involved. Um, and we also have um, our coveted Trade Stand Awards um, and we also have the David Tomlinson um, Lifetime Achievement Award as well which will be announced at um, 3.30 in the main arena which is always um, a, a, lovely, a lovely thing to, to hear. Um, and new for this year we have um, Expo Vlogger Competition. Oh the old vlogging competition. The vlogging competition because that is where it's at nowadays. Um, so John, do you know what a vlogging competition is? No. Yeah, I didn't think he looked very <laughs> far, far too old. Just for explain that. to John what a vlogging competition is. Because it sounds good. It sounds, sound, well, yes. It, sound, it, it could, sound, sound, could mean anything, really. Yeah. A bit early in the morning for that. <laughs> Vlogging, yeah. vlogging competition. Um, so the idea is we are asking um, young people up to the age of 16 to produce um, a short film, A Day in the Life, on their farm promoting um, what they do in a day um, as, a, as, a, as a farmer or living on a farm or living in the countryside. Um, just um, to, to document um, what goes on in the daily life um, and understand a little bit, um, if you're not from that sort of background, understand what goes on um, in the life of a farmer. Who, who judges that? So this year we've got Cami Wilson, oh, The Sheep Games. Very good. Um, big into the uh, influencing vlogging kind of side of things, so he's super excited to come down. Um, and he will um, announce the winner um, and the winner will be um, get the chance to vlog with Cami for his, his channel, um, his YouTube channel um, at the event. 
Um, so we're really excited for that. That's good. And the one other new thing actually that we have for 2023, very, very new actually, is um, Watson Seeds have uh, collaborated with us um, in a silage competition. Oh, there you go. Much more up your street, John. I'm sure you know what that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, no, uh, and no bad language. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that'll be announced at the event as well. Um, I mean, vlogging might be for the young people, but for your run-of-the-mill farmer, there is a competition on who can make the best grass. You can't beat a silage competition. <laughs> you to see my, my lawn. <laughs> No, thanks very much, Laura. That's, that's, that's been great. And also, if you can't make it to Expo this year, we do have Herds Media, our uh, partners on our podcast who, who produce the podcast for us. They will be live streaming all of the cattle rings and the, and the sheep rings. So if you can't make it, get on to uh, our Expo TV and uh, you can see the event live streamed. So thanks, Laura, for that. I, I can't wait to be there. I wouldn't miss it for... The world. Um, thank you, Jane, thank you for. Much. Thank you, Jane, for uh, being with us today. John, thank you. We look forward to seeing you operate the sheep ring. And Gwyn, we look forward to seeing you on the twenty seventh. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we look forward to seeing you on the twenty seventh at Borderway Agri Expo. Thanks for listening to the one and only podcast subscribe and share with your friends and see you all on friday the 27th of october for the biggest and best winter livestock show